0: Hello and welcome back to Maximize Your Influence Today. Kurt Morrison here. Let's take a deep dive today into your EQ, your EI, your emotional intelligence. How do you fine-tune? How do you get better? It's deeper, harder, and more important than you think as we talk about your success as an influencer, as a leader, as a persuader. Hope everything's going well. Nothing exciting here on my end. This is podcast 438. Now's the time of year to really kind of analyze those goals. Are you as close as you need to be? Are you too far? Do you need to make some adjustments? I've always loved what I learned from my early mentor, Jim Rohn, the business philosopher, the motivational speaker. He said, when you shoot a rocket to the moon, there's always mid-course corrections. And that's okay with your goals. You don't take your eye off the goal. You're still going to the target. You might need to adjust how many hours, what you're doing, what you're reading, who you're mentoring with. That's okay. As long as you're going towards that goal, you can readjust. You can realign change your direction a little bit. We give you permission to do that to make sure you achieve your goals this year. Let's get into the persuasion blunder. Don't, don't, don't! And this one is so easy to do, I've done, but you lose a lot of credibility. I was reading a book I was excited about, and it talked about buying a new fax machine. (laughs) I'm like, whoa, whoa, check the copyright date. (laughs) It's just too old to talk about VHS tapes, if you know what they are. And I learned this early on, never put a date in the book, never talk about current events. You know, it's great when the book first comes out or if you have other materials that you're launching or you're doing. But it gets older and older and older. And for some reason, people just don't think, unless maybe it's wine or an old comic book, that things getting older aren't better. It's like you're out of date. And I've made that mistake Sometimes I'll come out with a second edition, a third edition. I'll change things up. I'll adjust it if there's dates in there. You do need to be careful, especially in the science world. When we take deep dives in these geeky scholarly articles, sometimes it's a little too old. It's outdated. Some of the research has been upgraded, updated. Especially they say we've learned more about the human brain in the last 10 years and the last 100 years combined. That's even a dated study, but we're learning fast. The world knowledge base is doubling every six years. So, just something to put out there, whether it's on a website. I've made that mistake before, too. When you put a copyright date on, things get old real fast. So, be careful what you talk about. Even the current events, unless you're going to upgrade it, update it, that's a blunder. You know, it's amazing. I know this stuff. I study this stuff. But When they start talking about fax machines, I'm like, really? I mean, yeah, that's good information. I mean, a lot of stuff is timeless, and it's good forever, but... It was just that little thing like, wait a minute, I checked the date, what's going on? Did I, did I not get the newest version? So something to think about, whether it be in literature or websites, something you publish, even a training manual, we got to be careful of those things. So there you go. That's the blunder of the week. Let's go right to listener email. Is this from Amos? I'll just say A, doesn't have the country. It looks like Canada Oh, from Canada. Welcome. Don't know what city. But he sent me the Geeky Scarlet article, so we're doing listener email. Oh, boy. And Geeky Scarlet article at the same time. And everyone's welcome to do that. If there's something you want me to take a part on the show, take a look at. Again, our topic today is emotional intelligence, EQ, or sometimes it's even called EI. Now, there's a lot of factors, a lot of people holding on to that, a lot of different areas definitions this one comes from the harvard business review and i'll put a link there at maximizeyourinfluence.com also that's the home to get all the information you need for the advanced training courses influence university and take your free persuasion iq assessment so this particular article again everyone's a little bit different here has what they call competencies there's 12 competencies within emotional intelligence some have more some have less Let's take a look at this one, kind of define it, work on some things, give you some tools here, and realize we could all do better here. It's not just done and done. It's like your people skills, it's like your leadership skills. We're always working on them, we're always fine tuning them. They give credit to Ferry Group, which does the assessment. They call it a competency inventory. And Richard Boyatzis, who's a professor in the Department of Psychology and Cognitive Science at Weatherhead School of Management at Case Western Reserve University. So a lot of the article talks about it's a trap, that too many people deal with emotional intelligence too narrow. Now, does there need to be 12? Well, that's what they've chosen. Some people do more, some people do less, because a lot of people just kind of look at EQ, that emotional intelligence is being sociable, being sensitive, being likable. Those are subsets. But they take a deeper dive, and Amos wants me to go into each one of these and talk a little bit about them. So they've divided these 12 into four categories. Self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relationship management. So the first one is self-awareness, and there's only one in this category, your emotional self-awareness. Do you understand your own emotions, what they're doing for you, what they mean, how they affect you? And let me add, are you addicted to emotions? People don't realize you can get addicted to emotions. Every time you have an emotion, there's a physiological response in your body. Neuropeptides are released. And for some people, especially with those addictive personalities, it can become addicting. Being angry all the time or being depressed all the time can become become people's new normal. So just you, yourself, not just others. This is you. You're in control. You can stay calm, clear-headed. You're not uh, Mr. Road Rage, driving after people out of control. You have your own self-awareness of your own emotions, what they mean, what they do to you, and you can control them to a certain extent. The second area is self-management. And kind of list of these are the areas that you kind of need to work on. So self-management is taking it a bit a step further, emotional self-control. So you're able to balance those emotions, have healthy emotions, So you can take those negative, maybe disruptive emotions, those impulses, you have a little control, a little balance. Now, it kind of overlaps with self-awareness. Being aware and then controlling them is a big part of it. So you can find ways to manage your emotions. Even during a crisis, even when you're full of stress, you're able to do that. Then there's adaptability. That's also under self-management. It's being flexible, handling change. So you're okay with new ideas or interesting approaches. You can adapt to new situations. And that's important for leadership, being adaptable, looking around corners, being comfortable with change. Next one under self-management, achievement orientation. It means we want to achieve, we're motivated, we have exciting goals. We want to improve, to be excellent at what we do. So in other words, you're driven, You're not the type of person that sucks the life out of people. You are achievement oriented. You're going after your goals. And that's very contagious to other people. Then the final one for self-management is positive outlook. We've talked about this one with laws of charisma. You bring people up. You're optimistic. You're persistent. You might hit some roadblocks, some setbacks, hit a few trees along the way, but that's okay. You're going to get there. And others can feel that from you. They know that you're going there. Even though there might be a few setbacks, you have a healthy optimism, as I call it, because the unhealthy is when everything is so great. People are like, no, people want to hit you because you're just too optimistic sometimes. Just a good, positive outlook. So that's under self-management. So then there's social awareness. The first one in there is empathy. We've talked about that one before. That's a big part of charisma and leadership. You can sense their feelings. You can read the room you can not just be sympathetic, but really get in their shoes and, and care. They feel that you're truly interested in their concerns, that you truly feel what they're feeling. They feel that they can talk to you. They can work with you. They can collaborate with you. That's true empathy. Now, also to social awareness, that's also what we could call a social radar, organizational awareness. So part of reading people one-on-one, I mentioned reading the group, understanding the different relationships within the organization, different power structures, who are the influencers, what are the best networks people get to know. They're good at getting teams together, good to be on the team and getting the right people in the right, as they say, seats on the bus. Also part of that too is just the unwritten rules that people have, the corporate culture, they are aware of that. Now, the final one, we spend a lot of time on a lot of these on the show. First one, you've probably heard this word before out of my mouth is influence. So it's under relationship management. The first one is influence. To have that impact, to persuade, to convince, to influence, to get their support, to get the yes. And let me add what I've always said, get others to want to do what you want them to do and like doing it. So you're persuasive, you're engaging. And let me add charismatic, and that's a critical skill of emotional intelligence. Now, the next one in relationship management is coach and mentor. We talk a lot about this in leadership courses where you can coach somebody, your ability to give feedback and support where they're not getting upset, they feel like you're on their team, that you're interested in them, you're helping them improve themselves, have turn their weaknesses into strengths if you need to. And they feel not attacked, but they feel like you're on their team, you're on their side, it's constructive feedback, and that you get them. And when that happens, they don't mind when you challenge them. Now, also under relationship management, conflict management, I mean, that could fit into the coaching. There's a little overlap here, coaching, mentoring. You're doing that when there's conflict, but you have the ability to help multiple people or even one person through these Tense, rough situations. Maybe it's a highly emotionally charged situation. You're good at helping people that are at each other's throat or at war or have a disagreement to come to an agreement. This could also probably be in the a lot of times the negotiation category. So people have different beliefs, different opinions. You can bring them together. You can deal with that conflict. Next one on relationship management is teamwork. I think you know this one. Getting the team together, getting the best out of the team, all out again, the right people on the right seats in the bus on the team, meaning the right people are doing the right things. Everyone's contributing. There's respect. People are cooperating. People are keeping their deadlines. They're all working at full force, 100% or more on a common goal that the team has. And they like being on the team. They like the people around them. They get more done together. And final one, out of all the 12, relationship management is the category inspirational leadership. We've talked about that one too. I think you get that one. You're not using fear and worry and desperation to lead. You inspire. You have a common purpose, a shared mission. People feel that they can do it. So there is some overlap there. I do agree with all these. I mean, can we put them in smaller categories? Can we add some? We probably can, but those are a great list to start working on to help take everything to the next level. EQ, emotional intelligence, whatever you want to call it. As you know, critical for your success. Your self-awareness and self-management, those are half of them. And then the social awareness and relationship management would be the other half working with other people. So a lot of people make that mistake. They just think, oh, I'm reading people. There's a lot of aspects here. And each one of these can dramatically increase your ability to influence, to persuade, to lead, to have better relationships. These are all important. So, one of Amos's questions, was there any that I didn't think should be on the list? And no, I think they're all good. I think there is overlap, obviously. But that's okay. All skills that we can work on and improve, choose one, and you'll be a better persuader, a better influencer. I mean, we can go through the studies, get better at expressing themselves, fewer people problems, stronger relationships, better customer service, more positive climate in the work environment, better at building vision. People feel more connected. And I mentioned earlier, stronger driver. I mean, there's a lot of different things here. We can go on and on. You know the benefits. It's probably why you're listening. What can we do to get a little better? Well, the first one is learning to identify those emotions. Just like, oh, I'm angry or I'm worried or I'm resentful or I'm jealous, whatever it is. You have to identify them. There should be a class at school, right? Here's the feeling. Here's the emotion. This is what happens to your body. This is what's going on. That would be a powerful thing. Most people just are oh, I'm angry or I'm upset. They take it out on someone else. They're like, well, what's going on? So just identifying the emotions, where they're coming from, why you're feeling them and address them. Otherwise, it's just this feeling, you know, is it anticipation? Is it disgust? Is it fear? Is it worry? What are you feeling? Because this is so important. I talked about it a few weeks ago. First of all, in especially negotiation, but any communication, any form of persuasion, only one person angry at a time and it shouldn't be you. But here's the challenge. When you look at anger or even mood, they're contagious. You could just pick it up in the room and just watching the facial expression and your body reading the facial expression, you can start feeling that emotion. Sometimes when you make the face they're making, you can feel that emotion too. And if you're not sure what the emotion is, maybe you want to make that face so you can relate to them, but they're contagious. If there's angry people in the room, it can spread like wildfire. That's why your mood matters. That's why their mood matters. That's why identifying these emotions. Because think about it. Let's take anger, for example. And fear does the same thing. When you feel these fears, blood leaves the brain. (laughs) Fight or flight, there's a physiological response in your body. They're not thinking straight. They're not. Put someone in a bad mood? They're not thinking straight. They're thinking of all the negative things. You have to be more aware of reading this. And here's an important one a lot of people don't realize. As you see this emotion, You could, if you're not thinking about it, it's going to be contagious and you're going to start feeling that way. The best way to get past that is to identify it, to label it. What emotion is that? Oh, that's anger. Then you can separate yourself from it. Otherwise, it's going to become contagious and you're going to start feeling that way and things are going to get out of control. So as you increase your emotional intelligence, your EQ, start identifying and labeling not only your own emotions, but their emotions. once you can do that, you can separate yourself from it and be in more control. So get really good at reading those nonverbal cues. Learn to listen with your ears, eyes, and heart. Sometimes you just have the phone, you have the vocal cues, but if you could do both the nonverbal and the vocal cues, I mean, start taking a look at the pauses, the silence, the length of the silence, the rate of speech, the tone, the volume, the words they use. Because we get so caught up sometimes in vomiting what we want to say, not thinking about it, getting our point across, and it might not be the right time. Slow is fast. Slowing it down, picking a better time, because once you get that no, it's hard to turn that no into a yes. So listening skills, following that instinct, what's going on here, listening for those vocal cues, reading the body language, listening to the words is all part of increasing your emotional intelligence, your EQ. You identify it and get realize there's a physiological response, what's going on to the brain, what's going on to the body. And there's the positive emotions that have positive responses in the body, but things are happening in the brain. Things are different. Or we're more heightened looking for things, especially with anger and other emotions, fight or flight. So remember, emotions are always more persuasive. You just don't want to trigger the wrong emotion or too much of emotion. Getting angry at a common enemy could actually be very persuasive. As long as it's not out of control, anger, and then anger's not at you. Getting someone in the right mood, a smile, happy, laughter, that's also contagious in a good way, can make people easier to influence. So reading them, labeling them, staying in control of your owns, all part of it. You can use fear. People use fear to persuade, buying life insurance, retirement. Sometimes that's all done out of fear. And make sure you're careful on how you identify the emotion. Well, you're an angry person. You're a very emotional person. <laughs> careful how you verbally label them if you're going to do that. But don't discount their fear, their anger, whatever it is. It's real to them. It might not be real to you. You might not get it. But make sure you don't discount it. You don't have to agree with it, but just don't discount their emotion. So if you really want to take a deeper dive into fear and anger and worry... Go back to the archives at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. We take apart those emotions, what's going on, dealing with those, especially the negotiation, conflict management arena. But just being aware, pick something today that you could be better, just reading people. So get to know yourself. Know and understand your, your thoughts, your feelings, what they do, where they're coming from. Get yourself into a better state. Learn to control those. And then leverage some of the good emotions. Leverage emotions in a good way to where you could be more influential because you have to have that balance, law of balance and maximum influence. You have to have the logic and facts and figures and statistics, but you still have to have the emotional impact, the emotional feeling. That's what's persuades people. So Amos, there you have it. I do agree. Again, everyone has their different categories. their different ones, but overall things that we talk about here at maximum influence do agree. You can work on those pick on one that you can work on. What is it going to be? Is it your own self-awareness? your own self-management from your self-control to be more adaptable, to be more achievement-oriented, to be more optimistic? Those social filters, the social awareness, empathy, the organizational awareness or relationship where we focus most of the time on maximize your influence, influence, conflict management, coaching, mentoring, teamwork, and inspirational leadership. So there you have it. Work on your emotional intelligence, your EQ, your EI, whatever you want to talk about it. Pick one of those. Just be more aware. Learn to read learn to label, learn to understand, learn to adapt, learn to use these powerful emotions. They can be a very good thing. So thanks for listening. Tell your family, friends, and enemies about the podcast. Remember on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Undermaximize your influence and take something you can learn, especially reading an audience, one-on-one group of people. So, hey, let's continue on with the special of the month. Take your presentation IQ assessment. It's 10 questions pretty fast. Helps with my research. Helps you identify your strengths and areas that you can work on. And you'll get the video on how to create the perfect persuasive presentation with the downloads, the templates, the things you need to be more persuasive. You've heard me say it. Anybody can present. But is it persuasive? may can inform. But is it influential? Anybody can just try to communicate. But is it convincing? And emotional intelligence is part of reading an audience, and it's an area that we do focus on in the training. So take it. Spend a few minutes. I'll get you the video. I'll get you the training to be more influential. Because I'm telling you, your upward mobility, your charisma, your leadership, a lot of it comes back to your ability to present and be good at it. And not just data dump, but be good, engaging, and charismatic. So check out PresentationIQ.com. Appreciate your time, your love, and support. So work on that emotional intelligence, those competencies. Become more influential. Become a better leader. Become a better reader of people and go out and persuade with power.